Hi, I'm Marty. I'm Dave. I'm John. I'm Aaron. And this is Door 14 Hockey. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Door 14 Hockey Podcast. I'm your host Marty, alongside Dave. Hello. John. Hello. And Aaron. Hey. Uh, I'm back. Um, I, I was, I, I make my triumphant return, or I hope it's triumphant return. Um, I, thank you for um, filling in last week, or la- the last episode, shall I say. Um, I was struck down with uh, the dreaded COVID-19 Um I'm uh, feeling sorry for myself um, for a number of different reasons that week. Um, but John, you stepped in, you did a, an okay of a job, so we probably will have you back at some point in that. Okay. Th- yeah, thanks for the glowing recommendation, man. <laughs> um, yeah, you did fine. I, 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 did, um, I did lie in my bed feeling sorry for myself watching the, the YouTube video, uh, the YouTube um, version I'd, of it. I'd sooner you didn't lie in your bed watching me, if I'm honest. <laughs> well, I, I, couldn't any, I couldn't go anywhere else. I was literally just like just bed bound and just yeah um but you know so what does that say about me compared to uh the queen who's uh still doing light duties and um i know you, you know, couldn't you couldn't years old. a video call she's still doing that at least Ex- exactly so you know i was obviously a wimp but um yes thank you very much um uh, but i'm back so i will take my seat back at the head of the table um so, guys, how I'm surprised are... Eureka fitted through the door tonight? <laughs> <laughs> I know. He also compared himself to the Queen there. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, this is going well already. It is. <laughs> um, guys, how are we doing? Uh, Dave, come to you first. How are you doing? Good, 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 good. Um, yeah, after the, the the week, it's been a pretty good one. Busy at work, but great result for the Giants. So I was just about to say, I could pretend when I'm going around doing a round table here of asking how everyone is, I can pretend that I didn't see you last night, if that helps, because we were all together <laughs> last night for the Giants game, which we will get into in a few minutes. But um, John, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm good. Um, I'm trying to remember, is this the first podcast we've done since the Scotland trip? Yes. 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 So the last time we discussed it, and uh, this time we, we've, we've been and done it. Well, two of us have. Yeah. Uh, one was never coming, been, and be, Marty, you been, be, been and done what? And what was coming? Hey, <laughs> careful! Um, careful. So you didn't yeah, me breakfast a... every morning. To be fair, like you, yeah, I'm sure. Well, you I made, me well. yeah. made you breakfast. I, I made bacon rolls every morning for three mornings. Yeah, um, and then to be fair, I did drive you around Scotland for four did, days yeah, as well, while I got so... while I got pished. You were let's, yeah. be, let's let's be fair, Dave. You were always going to be spoiled no matter what. Even if I was there, That's you were going to be annoying. You were the only one who was going to be there for a full weekend of drinking. Yeah. Um, Aaron, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. I actually wanted to hear more about the Scottish trip. Well, Dave doesn't remember any of it, supposedly. Yeah. Um, Dave remembers leaving home and getting back home. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Dave left and woke up in the in the settle line. <laughs> no, trip was trip was trip was good. Um, Dave got his first experience of Dundee. Um, mm-hmm. yes. I think I don't I don't know Dave. I don't know if you're expecting a, a another Kirkcaldy uh, ice arena or the, if if it the, met the thing or that exceeded expectations. Like Dundee was good. It was good crack. Um, the thing that let Dundee down is that it's in that middle ground. Where it doesn't have that old school nostalgia, you know, that uh, like Sakurkari has, but Dundee, you know, they're trying to make it nicer. They might as well not have bothered. Like. <laughs> no offense to any Dundee fans listening. Jeez, that's harsh. No, um, no, the even, Dun- were, even, 
even Dundee fans know, like they they know how long it takes them to get um, some chips on any given night from their one yeah. concession stand. Oh, um, at least getting beer is slightly easier bad. from their one bar and two people serving beer. I have to say the the beer the Scottish drink prices are are damn sight better than the mm. ones in the Odyssey. I got they apologised to me in Fife because the beer was three fifty. <laughs> 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 Seriously, she went. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry, sorry we had to increase your prices. prices up. <laughs> yes, exactly. We just put prices up because of COVID. <laughs> three fifty, three fifty for a pint, and it was cures. It wasn't even like I had to drink tenants or anything. <laughs> well, Remember that one time yeah. I tried to drink tenants, Dave. <laughs> I'd, I'd, uh, so before we were going to the, oh, the one day, we were in the we were in the um, in the Tav, which is the the local pub to my village, and. Uh, Thought, right, I better have something for the rugby that was on. Um, so, right, what zero percents are in here? So there was a choice of, I think it was San Miguel Zero or Tenant Zero. Opened a bottle of the Tenant Zero, and honestly, it was the most foul, disgusting thing I've oh, ever smelled or tasted. So, so bad that the bar staff exchanged it for free, because when they tried it, it was stinking. Awful. Just tasted like a bad pint, like an off pint. This is rotten sauce. When anybody talks Peter, about wasn't that wasn't that the weekend that like Scotland like all the Scottish teams played out of their skin? Well, like, one. Well, I mean, Scot- Scottish rug- Scottish rugby got beat just uh, by Wales uh, at the last minute. Um, we did beat Dundee. What six 0 Seven 0 So there was a. Let me try and remember this because after we finished driving, I did get drunk afterwards. So I'm gonna say it was uh, an overtime win, then an absolute drubbing of Dundee the second night, and then in Fife it was a shootout win. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was an overtime lo- loss in Dundee. Overtime loss. Sorry, overtime yeah. loss. That's right. You'd think we'd have this prepared and actually like have it up in front of us, but no, we don't. No. This is just the professional yeah, yeah. quality of podcast that you come to the Door Fourteen. Exactly. Give the the announcer some stick in Dundee as well. Good fun. He was loving it. <laughs> no, I had to give an announcer stick. No, you're not going to give a rest. Yeah, we'll, and we'll get into that story too. Um, we do have um, quite a few stories, and that will be one of our main stories in period one, which we will talk about. Um, so, what I want to do is, it's okay, you guys just get stuck into a rundown of our league standings um, to get moved on to period one to get talking about all of that, and also last night's game and the the challenge cup moving forward and um, which i'm excited about talking about too so that'll be in our period one as well so let's get stuck into rundown of the league as it currently stands starting in the elite ice hockey league uh, i should say the uh, premier sport elite ice hockey league here in the uk uh sitting top of the league uh, in first place is the sheffield steelers with 35 games played and 58 points followed by the belfast giants in second with 36 games played and 56 points Cardiff are in third with 39 games played and 55 points. Nottingham in fourth with 36 games played and 38 points. Guildford are in fifth with 35 games played and 32 points. Coventry in sixth with 31 games played and 30 points. Glasgow are in seventh with 33 games played and 30 points. Dundee in eighth with 33 games played and 29 points. And Manchester and Fife are in ninth and tenth. Manchester with 38 games played, 27 points. And Fife with 34 games from with 20 points. Um, usual, um, I suppose, same battle going on at the top. The three top teams, Sheffield, Belfast and Cardiff, um, holding those spots. Uh, Sheffield and uh, the Giants um, within two points of each other. And Cardiff, they're in 
third place with 55 points so three points off top spot but they have played obviously we talked about this before but they've played about two to three games more than Belfast and Sheffield um come to uh, Dave we'll come to you first and um, we'll look at the top of the table and um, we'll get your thoughts on top um I mean we're we've had a it was a a busy weekend last weekend um uh, we've had the as you guys have mentioned we we had um you know we we had the scottish triple header weekend but we also had the game on that month the wednesday beforehand as or the thursday the wednesday beforehand so we had what was it something like four games in the space of five days quite yeah, a heavy yeah. going for belfast chance but they came out and pulled out uh standing points um to bring them level and then a couple of days later we had the um, sheffield and cardiff both um being leveled by um, various teams to help us, like I suppose the Belfast Giants, um, I suppose get cl- get to that closer point to the top. Uh, what's your thoughts, John, uh, Dave? Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely turning into a closer race than it probably could have been um, had the results went the other way. Uh, I'm really um, looking forward to this home stretch um, as we get, but we're not really just over halfway now. So um, as we move into the next uh, phase of the league, obviously. We've still got a lot of the games against Sheffield and Sheffield have a lot of games against us and Cardiff still to go. So it's all still up in the air. You know, we'll see how it goes as, as we run down the street. Um, one thing I, I would say is um, Besco taking that tumble in the Scottish weekend has put a lot of things in perspective. Um, now I know that we have uh, Whistle there who's done a phenomenal job. Um Definitely a, a starter in this league, with without a doubt, based on how he's played over the last wee while. Um, but if we hadn't have had him, it would have been a different story. Um, and I'm, and it's uh, hopefully that's him on the mend because again, we would it's having those options makes a massive difference to um, your fortunes. Um, if you don't have that, uh, you know that quality netminding in this league, you'll suffer. Especially when you consider um, the likes of um, Cardiff and Sheffield running to import. Netminders. Yep, I was just about to ask that question when you, when you said that. Actually, I was going to say, do you think it is it's helping us pose in the long run for Sheffield the fact that they have two, you know, two netminders who are both starting netminders, um, running, you know, hand in hand or in tandem. I mean, they they must be helping Sheffield. Oh, it uh, it must be a godsend. Now uh, it has to say that the Giants have that also, and I've really used Jackson, um, this season, and I think we're only going to see more of that, um, if we get him signed up for for a multi year deal, um. And if we sign up Besco for a multi-year deal, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see um, him looking, pushing for a, a proper starter position in Belfast, and uh, he deserves it after the last few games. John, um, and talk come- about you talk about sorry, you talk about Sheffield. Just one thing you talk about Sheffield uh, being able to run the two imports, and that must be helping them. Not last night. <laughs> no, and um, we will we will come to that. Um, um, don't preempt it, please. Thank you. Um, <laughs> well, don't set me off by talking about their netminders. Well, I was a, I was about to ask a question, but as usually, you just jumped in with what you wanted to say anyway. Um, John, my question was going to be just around um, sticking, still sticking with um, Sheffield and, and the and the Belfast Giants. You know, they are sitting one and two, um, quite t- close, tight um, race there at the top. Um, Dave's already alluded to it a bit, and he kind of mentioned it already. Um, I mean, we have quite a few games still to come, especially two doubleheader weekends, one in Sheffield and one in Belfast. How do you feel that's going to be as a, a, a decider for the league? I mean, you look at the, the three teams. There is three teams in contention for the league champion at this point. Uh, it's Sheffield, Belfast, and if those two teams have a run of bad results, you've got Cardiff waiting in the wings, waiting to pick up the pieces uh, and potentially pick up silverware. 
But those two doubleheader weekends against Sheffield, Sheffield versus Belfast, are now they are championship deciding weekends. Um, and for both teams, they are weekends you need to come out with four points. Any less than four points is a potential disaster, and mm. it's a potential lost championship. Uh, make absolutely no bones about it. Especially for Belfast, being the the one game uh, extra played, and I talk about it every podcast that I would sooner have points on the board than games played um sheffield might have that extra game but they also have points on the board above us um so we have to bear that in mind but any less than four points per that those double header weekends then we are in diff and dave talked about it there as well um the the net minded situation certainly when we were in uh fife when besco took that tumble that was or sorry was it dundee it was dundee sorry uh, the second game of the, the weekend where he took the tumble um, not a lot of folk really saw it kind of happen at the time it was it was both on and off the play the puck had been played into the Giants end Besco was skating out to play the puck up um, Dundee had a bit of a, a terrible line change on it and unfortunately Besco took the tumble which took him out of the game um, and has taken him out of the last few games only returning to the bench last night for the Challenge Cup game um, with Sheffield you don't know whether you're going to hit hot or cold with them. Like I know we've said about them running the two imports. Both of their imports have had terrible games. Both of their imports have had fantastic games. Um, Jackson coming in and looking like at least for the next week or so is our out-and-out starter. Um, he has pulled off a couple of brilliant results since he stepped up uh, into that number one role. Um, I say number one as in number one starting netminder, not the fact that he wears number one. Um but take nothing away, we've got three excellent netminders. We also have Andrew Dixon, who got ice timeless last weekend um, and absolutely played a blinder for mm -hmm. the seven or eight minutes that he was on the ice. Uh, let nothing through, it was a brick wall. Um, and I would rely on him any day uh, if it came to it and we needed a result. Yeah. But yeah, I ramble on, but yes, must win games. Definitely. Um, and in, in terms of just, you know, just to round off, um, you know, the fixtures and are sorry, the, the standings as they are before we move on to across the pond. Um, Aaron, just kind of get your thoughts. Um, we're just going to, I was just going to, I was just looking at the, obviously the bottom half of the table. Well, bar, let's take Fife out of it. Um, sorry, Fife. But we're looking at like, <laughs> you know, we're talking about Guildford, Blaze, Clan, Stars and Storm. I mean, they're obviously what you're wanting to do is you're wanting to end your season in a, in a place where you're going to be in a playoff spot for a playoff you know for a run at the playoffs I mean it looks quite close there at the bottom as well all within a couple of points of each other yeah and since we spoke last um, last time we spoke I think Dundee were in ninth mm -hmm, yep. um, and since the last time we spoke they've, they've switched places with Manchester so it's it, it's there's an interesting fight at the top, in the middle, and at the bottom there. Mm -hmm. um, Dundee, look, are, are Dundee trying to change their, um, their standings and trying to get back up there? What do you reckon? Of course, well, there, there's, of depth, course there's, there's, there's roster, course there's roster changes. There's roster changes yes. there. They've, they've split from one D-man and brought in another one. Yep. Um, and then I think elsewhere, is it, um, is it either Coventry or... Um, Guildford maybe have brought in a new netminder Guildford, just today. Yeah. Guildford, yeah. Guildford, yeah. So that middle of the table um, is not resting on its laurels either. Um, you're no. you're 100% right. Dundee are making changes to hit playoffs. That's what Omar Pasha has his eyes on. 
Um, but those middle teams, those Guildfords and those Coventrys, Coventry were, were in a position of just a few weeks ago where people were wondering, are they going to make playoffs? Yeah. Those places aren't secure. Anyone can drop down. And again, we say it, we're sorry, Fife. Tenth place is now locked in. Like, let's let's yeah, be perfectly yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah. Everyone is playing not to be in ninth. That's yeah. that's what's happening from fourth place down. 100%. Actually, fifth fifth place down. Nottingham are probably locked in for fourth place now at this point too. Right, we're going to leave it at that um, and switch across the pond and switch our attention to the NHL, um, starting with the Eastern Conference and the Metropolitan Division. Um, as usual, we'll look at the wild card spots rather than the full uh, rundown of league or divisions or conferences. So we'll look at the wild card spots. Uh, in the Metropolitan Division, then, Carolina still sit top uh, with 50 games played and 74 points. Pittsburgh are in second with 52 games played and 70 points. And New York in uh, third with 50 games played and 69 points. In the Atlantic Division, then, Florida still sit top with 51 games played, 75 points. Tampa in second with 50 games played and 72 points. And Toronto in third with 50 games played and 68 points. Uh, the wildcard spots currently held by Washington and Boston. Uh, switching our attention then over to the western side of the country in the central division, Colorado sit top with 51 games played, 78 points. St. Louis are in second with 50 games played and 66 points. And Minnesota in third with 48 games played and 65 points. Uh, Pacific Division then Calgary in first with 49 games played and 66 points. Vegas have moved down into second with 51 games played and 62 points. And LA in third with 51 games played and 61 points. Uh, Wildcard spots then held by Nashville and Edmonton. Um, not a lot of change um since uh the last recording um you know the the kind of the especially in the metropolitan Atlantic and the the uh, and the central division kind of not too much change when we look at it um from from that point of view Pacific division obviously there's a slight change with Calgary and Vegas switching places but I mean um guys John will come to you first I mean obviously Nashville fan you know sitting wild card spot um you know still in contention there um i mean it's looking good at the moment we're in contention but we've dropped um we were sitting um second um over in central at one point and um it's there has been a run of losses uh especially on the road the this team doesn't seem to have road form um thankfully we're now starting a bit of a homestand which includes a bit of a a special game or two special games actually this weekend uh, as well so hopefully those are wins um, and that can get us back on track to get into those locked in spots I don't like relying on the wild card because your first round tends to be an absolute disaster if you're in uh, through the wild card you're you're up against one of the top teams uh, if you're taking a wild card spot and it's not a position you want to be in right now I, I specifically don't want to be playing the likes of um, Carolina right now or amazingly Florida I, like mm. I, I don't want to be playing Florida I never thought I'd say it I thought any day and twice on Sunday I would say I'll take a game against Florida here we are this year yeah no you're right um, and as you say you don't like to have to rely on it but um, at this point it, it looks like it's one of the options at the moment because you know obviously and I mean this no offence but the other team the three teams sitting there on top and this is Clues Wild seem to really still having a good run of form there Dave you know mentioned in the Wild um, you must be still happy seeing them still sitting yeah um, they haven't recovered their form pre uh, All Star game, but they haven't been they haven't been bad either. To be fair, um, still in the last ten, six wins, four losses. Not the end of the world. We'd like it to be higher, obviously. Um, but yeah, so it's uh, it's definitely definitely good to see, and uh, I think they'll hopefully find that form um, they had prior to the All Star as we get closer to the the playoffs. Um, 
the later you can leave that, the better. Um, you know, if you can conserve a bit of energy um, at this stage, especially as it gets down to the line, some of these games are, are huge and obviously we, you want to win, but they're also um, energy sapping. Um, so you don't want to, you know, put all your eggs in to getting through to the playoffs and then, you know, stumble as you get through yeah. that first round, which is usually what happens to the wild. Um, I usually get, you know, sneak into the wild card spot and then end up playing what used to be Chicago, but that's not obviously going to happen. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, hopefully we find that form again. The team is completely different to the, the, the team that played last year. It feels completely different plays, different, um, different style of hockey. And it's been a joy to watch to be fair. Um, Obviously not taking in the loss against Ottawa last night, but we'll just ignore that. We'll ignore that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, from from a Toronto point of view, um, you know, obviously um, three, you know, sitting sitting where we are, we've kind of stuck to that. We've kind of stuck our heels in and tried to stay where we have been for the, the kind of the run of this season, really. We haven't really moved too much from that third place position. Um, obviously this week, uh, I don't know if you guys seen that uh, Toronto decided to go, I think, on like a, a shopping spree in Arizona. Um, in the space of three days, they done two different trades with Arizona for two defensive and a backup netminder um, and I was just like it was just like well, they, they were just like okay we'll, we'll, we'll help the Coyotes you know and we'll, we'll, we'll is, we'll is that because help. Arizona have too many players to fit in their new locker room that, that season I, that's, that, was, that was what I was going to say <laughs> why did you steal it from me um, yeah because they did they they, 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 they only um, they, they part exchanged um, two players and then there was like a, a choice of either a third round pick in 2000 and th- 2023 or second round pick in 2025 I'm going to guess they wait until t- 2025 so they know I've got more room I'm surprised they didn't ask for a few extra chairs out of <laughs> yeah. uh, Toronto just to bulk out their crowds for next season exactly um, and Aaron um, we'll, we'll just move <laughs> we'll just move on from Philly uh, yeah. yeah so yeah between I think uh, it's it's a fight between us and New Jersey not to not to come last at this point yeah. uh, but there is a story later on that's coming up that uh, I think the uh, the flowers have a trick up their sleeve come up, and you never know; things might change. Oh. They're looking to lose twenty, and then you're definitely like nailed in for the Stanley Cup next season or something. Is this another? That, that's another it. of your weird things. <laughs> that's another. It's another one of my weird things. It's exactly right. it. <laughs> well, that is us just, caught up. Just before we go oh, on, yeah, um, uh, you looking forward to tonight's game? Wild Toronto. Wild Toronto tonight. It is indeed. Should be an interesting um, one. I think it's a twelve o'clock face off as well, isn't it? Yeah, I think it yeah. is. Uh, I don't think I'll be able to set up for it, but I'll maybe no, try and catch I'm not the even, I'm not even gonna pretend. Uh, highlights in the morning. Yeah, I, I'm not even pretend I'm going to stay up for it because um, I'm not. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, unless I'm still editing the podcast at that time, which sometimes happens. But um, no, not tonight. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see tomorrow how we're talking. Um, but yep. hopefully, it's a hopefully it's a Toronto win. Obviously, nah, that was. <laughs> um, <laughs> guys, with that, what we'll do is we will um, round off our pre-game I suppose and get stuck into our period one of hockey Okay, our period one is a roundup of news stories um, from the UK um, and any of the leagues around the, the UK, including the Premier Sport Elite Ice Hockey League, as well as the NIHL as well. Um, we also look at uh, SNL or other areas of UK hockey whenever they do come up. Uh, but this week's stories are being dominated, I guess, by uh, the Elite League and two stories mainly. Let's start off. Do you know what? 
let's start off, John, with last night's game and the Challenge Cup and moving forward with the Challenge Cup and what that's currently standing. Let's get stuck into that. Um, as I mentioned at the start of the show, we we were we I, I I pretended that we hadn't seen each other, but we did see each other last night um, for the semi-finals of the Challenge Cup, which took place between Belfast and Nottingham in the SSC Arena. The second game was obviously played between the Sheffield Steelers and the Cardiff Devils, um, and I believe that was in the Steelers Arena in Sheffield. Uh, the Giants won last night uh, 2-1 against the uh, the, the Nottingham Panthers. Um, it was a nail-biting game coming right down into the final period, um, we won't lie. And the Sheffield Steelers were thumped 5-0 by the Cardiff Devils, setting up the final for the Belfast Giants versus the Cardiff Devils, uh, which will be, we now know, the 16th of March in the SSE Arena in Belfast. Uh, John, let's switch over to you. I know um, there was a couple of bits and pieces that that kind of just before the Challenge Cup came up, there was a few changes announced to the Challenge Cup semi-final. And I know it's a kind of outdated now, but it's worth mentioning because obviously they immediately changed the OT rules. Like, I mean, within probably, was it like like 10 minutes of of posting? I don't don't know if I'm wrong. Oh, nearly, yeah. So effectively, um, to... With a competition which was already in progress, um, they decided that they would just clarify what the um, the game night situation would be if a game went through regulation and it was still tied. Um, so the announcement came out that it would be five minutes, um, three on three overtime before progression on to uh, a shootout. Uh, then they went through all the instructions for the sudden death shootout, the reverse order and all the rest of it. Straight away as is the the current thing with uh, the Elite League social media now, everyone got on their backs immediately and went, this is a one-time knockout game. Are you seriously only going to allow the teams five minutes of overtime to try and settle the game before you go to an anyone-can-win shootout? So the next morning, uh, lo and behold, here was an announcement from the Elite League saying, oh, the four teams involved have agreed that uh, we're going to go to a 10-minute three-on-three overtime, Um, to which everyone was much happier. Uh, Now... Neither game needed it, as it turned out. Um, thankfully, in Belfast, like you say, nail-biting game, uh, 2-1 had shades of the weekend just past where the Giants managed to level things at 2-2 with 0.4 of a second left on the clock to then go on and, and win that in the shootout. Um, all of us, I think, had our nails bitten down to the quick, except mm-hmm. for Aaron, because his son was uh, so enthralled that he fell asleep on his lap. Um, <laughs> you know how, how difficult it was not to jump up at that at the when when we found out that we won, and everyone jumped up, and I was like, "Yay, I can't jump up because I can't throw my kid off." So yeah, like we we now know the final. Um, we would. Assume that the the same will uh, will go for the final. That the same arrangements will go for the final. If the game is tied after six day, it'll be a ten minute three on three overtime before we progress on to the shootout. Yeah. Um, so just today we had the uh, announcement, the official announcement that uh, Belfast will face Cardiff in the twenty twenty two Challenge Cup final. Uh, as per the um, last two games just passed yesterday, the this will be a league event. This is not a Belfast Giants hosted event. Um, so it will be a league event and what I will say is and this is the one time I know I gave off previously about the semi-final and that was more of a Giants organisation problem that I had with with the season ticket and all the rest of it this time I'm actually quite happy because this is a trophy game this is a championship game and it's for a tenner yeah. and it would never have been in our ticket anyway no nope. it would absolutely never have been on our season ticket you'll, either you'll way. so this is a final game 
Midweek, admittedly, not great. Um, Cardiff fans are having a real go on Pretty, social media. So I, was, so I was just about to ask. So I so I was going to, that was my next question was going to come up with. So um, John, you mentioned there, obviously, the date has been set, 16th of March. For us in Northern Ireland, it's part of St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick's Day is the 17th of March. We're, we're on a bank holiday weekend. We're on a bank holiday that day. We're all off work. Well, majority of us are off work unless you're working for an organisation that doesn't... Um, <laughs> It's an American organization. You're one which, of the unlucky few. Which we were talking about with Aaron earlier on, but he's now we know he's off. But Dave, I'm going to come to you for this question because you know we've been there. We we've we've done you know we've we've done Challenge Cups uh, on St Patrick's Day before. This is not a new thing for us. And the Challenge Cup on St Patrick's Day before for us, yes, that was a Saturday night. I, I agree that it was Saturday night. It wasn't midweek. But you know, uh, you know, if you're an away fan from Cardiff coming over to Belfast, I mean, what would you say to them in terms of you know? You know, you are coming over on a Wednesday. Take a couple of days off. Take a couple of days off. Make a weekend of it. Enjoy it. If, if, and I, the the Giants are going to win, so it's going to be shade for you. But, (laughs) um, (laughs) but come over to Belfast, great fun. Um, Come over and enjoy it. Now all the rules are starting to relax. The bars are open. Restaurants are open. Mm. Come over. Lovely places. Um, Lovely places. Nice people. Can I? Can I just? Can I throw in? The mm-hmm. ones who are given off about this being uh, a Wednesday game in Belfast and all the rest of it. Crimea River, you were seeded fourth out of the four teams. We're seeded first. Per the regulation, we get the choice to host it at home. We're hosting it here. I don't care that it's great for us. Crimea River, come over. We've all done the home <laughs> away finals before. We've all done those. Tough. Come over, have a pint and chill out. Uh, Aaron, um, obviously you were at the game last night um, We were talking, obviously your son Theo was with us last night um, He seemed to really enjoy the game last night Getting really into the dancing and stuff And oh, there, there was a while there It was getting really difficult to bring him to the games Because it was just far too overwhelming I think I had, to, I remember was One of the last games I had to leave Because he was just so upset um, But last night he got wild into it yeah, he, he did, was, he, he was really did Stacks for the power play was, as well The, the yeah, power play dance was yeah, 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 yeah. Dancing, so I think all the dancing tired him out And as you said in the last 10 minutes or so He just faded off so he did Do you know um, what he, he wasn't the only one There was plenty of people in that arena Couldn't hack it in the final period <laughs> <laughs> um, Guys um, my last question really is Obviously we, we talked about Obviously the, the Giants-Panthers game Which we, we attended last night My last question um, John I'll, I'll direct it towards you In terms of you know Obviously we're looking at the other game That was on last night Steelers and Devils Devils winning 5-0 Against the Sheffield Steelers um, You know did you ever imagine The Steelers would have difficulty With semis in their arena? Well, if you difficult with semis in their arena. If if you if if social media is to believe, me believe, no, you would not imagine that they would be struggling with semis in that arena. <laughs> um, I don't know if we should really be putting context into this lot, but I'm sure most people will nope, have seen it. No, let's just move yeah. on. We'll move on move from on. that. Um, and, and a more serious question, though, um, Dave. Obviously, you know, we're talking about we we are talking about obviously the Sheffield Cardiff game. I mean, we weren't imagining seeing a five nil victory for no. Cardiff Devils last night, and we did see fans from the Sheffield Steelers. You know, I don't know how genuine some of those comments were, but I mean, you 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 said it yourself coming out of the arena last night. You know, whenever we were, we were seeing some of those uh, responses on Twitter, I mean, was it? You know, should are the Sheffield Steelers should they really be? Should the fans be saying what they're saying? <laughs> the the no, they've no. no <clears throat> their big issue, I think, um, and I, I I have a feeling that it's probably right, is they haven't really had a massive challenge, um, coming up the straight in the league, um. You know, they only started playing Cardiff 
um, I think a couple like a couple of weeks ago. Um, they've barely played us. I think we played us once. Um, so you know it's going to be interesting going in the rest of the street. Um, and is it can they hack the pressure or the you know whenever they come up against a team that is as good as them, um, can they win on multiple nights? Can they you know make a big difference? Because really, um, they were playing uh, Cardiff that weekend and it was a close game. And then straight, the car came straight back and was able to answer uh, everything that was thrown at them, and that obviously put that five nil drubbing against them. So, you know, well, I, I it, think that's also the second shutout that Caruth has had against Sheffield this season. It is. Yeah. Caruth, some uh, netminder, like you, you can't. We've we've seen that. You know, when he's on fire, he's brilliant. When he's not, he's awful. Done. But uh, yeah, but it's uh, hopefully. Hopefully the, the bad form for Cardiff is, is over now and they can beat Sheffield a few more times. <laughs> uh, but also let's hope that let's hope that it doesn't come that, that, that Cardiff doesn't come to, against us in the Giants for mm. the final. But you know, hopefully the Giants will have their number anyway. Right. But you can we understand can take their frustration though. Them. Yeah. Like it's there's a difference between playing well with the other teams that are that are that are in the league and then going to a five nil shutout. Yeah. Like that's a that's a little bit of a whiplash right there. That yeah, honestly, 100%. honestly I'm a Belfast Giants fan. I hope the sky's falling in for them. I hope they <laughs> leave this season with absolutely nothing. Yeah. You have um, no empathy this episode at all. You're just like none, none whatsoever. Last. Absolutely <laughs> not at all. No sympathy. We'll finish off uh, this this part of the ch- about Challenge Cup. We'll just finish off with just saying that obviously, as we mentioned, tickets will go on sale uh, this uh, month. This coming Monday. Uh, the 20th, <laughs> Monday yeah. yeah, Monday the twentieth of February. Uh, tickets are going to go on sale at twelve p.m. I'm going to imagine. I don't know if maybe there'll be pre-sale for season ticket holders I don't know what's going to yes, happen there maybe not. Uh, so no I think um, the season ticket seats are being held for a okay. week okay um, so you be able so to buy if it. you've got a season ticket you can jump on grab your seat um, and after released. that week yeah. they'll then be thrown out to general sale um, tickets will cost £10 uh, apart from obviously don't forget about the add on their booking fee so it'll be like 12 50 all together um, and the game will be also broadcast live on Premier Sports for anybody who cannot attend the game for whatever right. reason um, listen if you're a Belfast fan it's an absolute no brainer we it's will a tenor, be there. it's yep. a tenner for a championship game we'll be Get there down. Don't, yep. don't watch the webcast Like I like the Giants webcast it's the best one out there in the league but get down to the arena I know it's Wednesday I know it's an awful middle of the week night for a game and we sometimes get really bad crowds but look it's a public holiday the next day get down exactly I know yeah, I believe the crowd last night was, was pumping Great crowd last night for Wednesday night. Great crowd last night. Really good. Really, I thought I thought it was a great a great crowd for for a Wednesday night game. Boomerang on top yeah. form as well, especially for a Wednesday. Yeah, night. yeah, yeah. Fair yeah. play to them, definitely. Um, I have to find out what that song was that they created last night. With heard for the first time, I need to find out what those words are for me. That's not true. That's not true. You heard it at the weekend. You just don't remember hearing it. Okay, was it that drunk? Because <laughs> <laughs> I remember trying to unpick it in the pub afterwards. We definitely oh, heard it. I don't remember, but okay, I'll take your word for it, um, <laughs> guys. We're going to move on to our other story in this um, in this period, and also obviously a story that um, broke um, not last week, the weekend, not last weekend, the weekend before. So the weekend you guys were in Scotland. Um, this is from that weekend. Um, this is actually from the weekend of the um, well, what they call game eighty six or whatever. So I don't know whatever. Yeah. Anyway, this was an incident that involved an off ice staff member um, in the elite league, um, and this happened on the thirteenth of um, February. Um, so I, if you don't know where have you been, you've probably been sitting on a rock somewhere. But the Coventry Blaze were fined uh, for conduct 
of an off-ice staff member during the game on Sunday the 13th of February. The actions during the Sunday's game brought the game into disrepute. It can only be the way they described. And the uh, all bodies in the UK, um, so that was Ice Hockey UK, the English Ice Hockey Association, Scottish Ice Hockey Association, or Scottish Ice Hockey and the Elite League all put out a joint statement at uh, last week uh, which condemned the uh, what happened I suppose that on that weekend they made it clear that at any time no abuse there can be no abuse of any officials from players or staff and this will not be tolerated they went on to say in recent months there have been cases of abuse at all levels of the game and it's totally unacceptable whether it be in a rink or online via social media any cases of abuse will be taken very seriously individual clubs have the power to ban offenders from the rink and cases can be reported to the police our officials players and staff are the lifeblood of our sport and governing bodies and leagues in the uk are united in stamping out all forms of abuse now if you don't know where this story came from we will get into we're not going to get into much of the nitty-gritty of it but um it's worth us having a bit of a chat about it because we did have some comment we did i think we all had a good agreement on what we thought about this um and and kind of like you know how we kind of felt that it was being handled this was uh, obviously coming from a, a an event that happened at the belays game where the night time the, the the in i suppose in arena announcer um decided well a number of different things happened during that game um a couple of diff- questionable calls I suppose is somewhat ar- people are arguing um from referee stefan hogarth who was the ref for that night who was leading the game um he ejected then the coventry announcer john dalzell from the press box early into the uh i suppose in, into the third part of the game um dalzell appeared to have mocked the officials by donning a ref's jersey and asking anyone if they had a spur whistle which obviously caused a bit of um contention among the refs who felt that it wasn't appropriate for john to be doing what he was doing um we'll get your thoughts on this in a minute guys um but this led to obviously hogarth instructing announcer to leave um, and awarding a misconduct um it did spill over and this is kind of where maybe it kind of got a bit out of hand and we'll we'll talk about bits and pieces about this too it spilled over into social media realms as we can imagine and as we expected it to um both um sides of the of the both sides i suppose didn't come out of either of this neither of them came out looking you know neither of them came out of this looking rosy at all in any way both of them just came across quite childish in some ways in terms of the comments that were being made now you can say what you want you can have your own opinion of what you felt was right and what was wrong but both of these guys just just looked foolish when it came to it um to the point where Stephen hogarth has came off i believe social media and twitter all together because of everything that's been going on um but i'm going to get your thoughts on it John, I'm going to come to you first, um, and I'm going to get your thoughts on the actual, you know, game and what transpired at the game and the resulting of the game and obviously the the fine that had been placed on the Blaze because of the incident. I mean, you know, a a staff a staff member, staff member in a very comments, but a staff member, a member of a, 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 a member that's paid by the Coventry Blaze to officiate on a night. I mean, or sorry, a, be a a, a a night announcer and at the rink. I mean. You know what? What's your take on it in terms of you know the staff? Uh, I guess the incident itself. Let's go with that. Listen, we we've discussed this to death in our group chat. We've also been in person a couple of times, and we've chatted about this one since it happened. Um, what the game night official, what John John Dalziel did was over the line. Um, a match night official or a match night announcer's job is to yes get the crowd involved in the game. But it's not to get involved in the game. 
He has absolutely no right to get involved in the game. The only people who have the right to get involved in the game are the players on the ice and the officials on the ice. It's not his place to try and rail it up. Yes, it's his place to make sure that the crowd are in. Now, he made a comment at one point that the crowd went wild whenever he did what he did. If you're having to do that to get the crowd to go wild, there's either a problem with the product on ice or there's a problem with what you're putting out as the match night announcer and DJ. Let's like point out as well that he's also the DJ. And I made the point to you guys that we get plenty... Every other arena gets plenty of atmosphere, um, unless it's Nottingham or Sheffield, because it's all just adverts as far as I can tell. Um, but not once has um, Deputy Dave or Todd Kelman or anyone else who's been the, the announcer um, at um, match night in Belfast has ever passed comment about what is happening on the ice. They might play a bit of music that maybe has something to do with what's going on. They might play a kind of fight song after a fight. That's fine. They might play, I don't know, a daft silly piece of music after somebody's fallen or whatever. That's fine. What you don't do is get on the mic and start having a go at anyone. Now, I think some people have maybe tried to jump to his defence on this because specifically it's a referee that's involved here. If he had made that comment about, let's say, let's say Coventry were getting pumped and it was seven or eight nil, is he going to jump on there and have a go at the, the players on the bench? Is he going to get on there and have a go at the coach on the bench? No, of course he's not. If it's the other way around though, is he then going to jump on the back of the, the visiting team? Because if he's going to do that, that's completely unprofessional and he's in the wrong job. Yeah. And Coventry need to think very seriously about whether this is the right guy that should be doing that. Now, I know we had discussions back and forward, Marty, you especially. Um, I think you you saw where he was coming from originally. And I think maybe, I've, I don't know, I think through discussion, I think I've maybe brought you slightly closer to a middle ground. I don't know what you mean, what like you mean you, sorry. Well, when we were chatting initially, were you not on the side of you thought that maybe everyone was being a bit too thin-skinned about this? I Well, my my take on it is that neither person, as I mentioned already before um, asking you the, the question I asked you, was that I, I genuinely feel that neither person came out as looking in any way shiny in any way. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I think both were a blame I think and this, this is this is kind of the question this is kind of this is more around the social media bit afterwards the, the game itself uh, the whole thing around you know obviously what happened within the game itself it, it's it is what it is my thing was more around the social media aspect um, and that was my next question was going to and it's going to go towards Dave though but my my thing is with the social media and Dave I want to get your thoughts on it in, in terms of what John's kind of saying in terms of what, what my initial thought was I had said was that um both Stefan Hogarth just looked like he had thrown his dummy out of the pram a bit in some ways. It, felt, it, it, it turned into this real drama that came out of nowhere. He said things on social media that he shouldn't have said either. Let's be a 100%. But neither man and John as well, John Dalzell, not John, our John, uh, John Dalzell <laughs> didn't apologise. There was no apology. I said things on Twitter that I should apologise for too, to be fair. John Dalzell, there was no apology and there was no uh, there was no acknowledgement that the fact that what he did was taken out of hand and the things that he said as well on social media could, were also out of hand too. So again, no one, look, no one looks clean. I mean, yeah, the, John, I mean, Dave, sorry, yeah, social media, I mean, you know, the, we're talking about comments that were made about a whole, you know, and we, yeah. talk, we talked about this last night in nice, this nice game. I mean, we have a referee who... Uh, made derogatory comments towards a full, t- a full mm-hmm. city of fans, um, and he, is he, is he going to be able to be? You know, is it, realistically is he able to go and officiate in Coventry again? This is the question. Yeah, it's going to be um, interesting to say the least. One thing I would like to say is, whatever happened to the elite league social media ban? 
everybody was meant to be banned from social media for 24 hours after a game. Um, was, it as long, was it as was long as 24 hours? hours? I thought um, it was 24 but it sh- I thought it applied to the uh, the refs as well. Well, to be, um, anyway, to, be, the- to be fair, to be fair though, the first of the uh, the first of the um, comments and the 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 unwashed comment and stuff that all came out um, over well over twenty four hours after because it came out on the fifteenth no. of February. No, let let's be perfectly honest. The first social media postings that came out about it were directly from the Coventry Blaze, from the team during the game during okay. the game. They, they put out social media posts in support of John Dalziel, showing that he was now part of the uh, match night support crew. He went and picked up pucks. They took photos of him in the stands, sitting with Scorch, their mascot, uh, and put that on social media, saying, we stand with John Dalziel, um, and showed pictures of him on the ice, picking up pucks after their chuck-a-puck, um, and basically made a big thing of putting him on social media. So Dave's 100% right. The social media ban's there. Coventry were the initial infl- like inflammatory people on social media about this as an organisation, and that probably links into why the well, obviously it links into why the team has been brought in through the um, head of hockey ops uh, statement. The thing that made. Uh, the thing that I really that really sort of grated on me a bit is that if you were to look at this sort of um, from another industry perspective like if it was your job and this was happening it was two two employees fell out and it went on the social media like there would probably have been a bit more civil you know, pulled together come on in we'll talk about this and we'll sort of doubt, you know act like adults you know rather than just slinging mud from from across the room um uh, and i said about it is that really both of these both the people when they look back at this i hope they feel a little bit embarrassed, um, uh, and they, they take it for what it is. Um, I do think that uh, anybody who's affiliated with the team, and um, especially in a, an official capacity, like sort of John and then obviously uh, Hogarth with the the league, um, need to conduct themselves in a in a way that's representative of their um, of their job as such. Um, you know, if I'm uh, if I have to. If I'm representing my company um, at all, so obviously they're talking about stuff that happened during a game. If I started making comments about, uh, say, if I had to go travel to a certain place and do a bit of work, and then I made a comment about similar to what Hogar said, um, you probably wouldn't be working there anymore. Um, you know, it's the the, the and just because it's sport. Yes, okay, emotions run high. You can, you know, say okay on the day a bad thing, blah blah. blah. Take a step back, think before you tweet and all that. Um, I do agree 100% that on the night, the announcer was in the wrong. And if that had been it, then Hogarth could have just went to the league. The same sanctions could have been put in and Hogarth would have came out smelling of roses. But it was the knee jerk that, you know, I've, you know, I've been offended and I need to make a, a statement. Um, yes, okay, he might have been forgetting that it's a, public platform um, it's like jumping up with a bullhorn and shouting it from the rooftops uh, when you stick it on twitter um but uh, that's just something that he's had to learn the hard way um and hopefully the rest and I have, this is one thing i have to say is after our trip to scotland um hogarth is by no means the worst referee we have like he is <laughs> absolutely phenomenal compared to some of the stuff i've seen over that week he knows the rule book at least doesn't he yeah yeah um and yes okay they make mistakes but all refs make mistakes and uh in this case there's no reason for an official member um of a team it would be like um deputy dave doing this and you'd be going what on earth are you doing you know 
it would be you know, yes okay on the night you might have a bit of a laugh about it but then when you look back at it you know hindsight adult eyes you're going oh dear god that's cringe yeah do you think it's do you think it's difficult for them to take a step back you know like as a fan and as that official yeah. like you know like last well, night there was a there was a couple of calls and the audience you know give it stacks and give it the booze and all that kind of stuff even at the refs um but that's from an audience. That's from yeah, yeah. Know, the, the. It's a bit of panto. Uh, that's, that's 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 a bit of pa- hey, panto. Grant, thank yeah. you. But as an as an official as an announcer, you're still a fan. Mm. But is, is it difficult to to tear yourself away? Listen, like that's that? see see even at that. I do. in every other respect and any other team, absolutely. When it comes to what the Coventry announcer has done what John Dalziel has done absolutely not because he made a massive point on social media saying that he's done it for 20 years if he's done it for 20 years he should know better it doesn't if you're a fan of hockey that's fine if you've been doing that job for that length of time that's fine you should know better you don't need to be told that sort of stuff I suppose I get where Aaron's coming from in some ways in that He's right. I mean, like, yes, okay. Um, you know, there's the argument that John had kind of riled up the crowd in some ways because he said he riled up the crowd. But um, you know, in some ways, he riled up the crowd and 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 kind of were directing the the, the crowd's hatred as opposed towards Hogarth. But again, how's that? It's any not different? his job, but it's not his place. But again, how's well, that? But how's that? How, but how's that any different from the fact that there was like you know five thousand people last night or whatever it was, given that they're all towards him too? Because like, the fans was, are, you know the fans and are done. there to do that, and that's that's an accepted yeah. thing. Yeah. That no, I agree. I agree. Any I agree. sport, you get on the back of the officials when a decision goes against you. What an, what a, a team official and what a match night official doesn't do is get on and incite that. No, that that's a, that's a different situation entirely, and it's completely wrong. And let's be perfectly honest, that sort of stuff puts people off going into officiating. Yeah, yeah. like you you yeah. know going into it from the very start, whether these guys are players who've never made it as players, but they go into being officials, we don't get a game unless we've got four guys in stripes on the ice. Yep, and that's that, well, the, that's the bottom out reality of this game yeah. now is we don't get a game without the refs. So my, if you're if you're making if you're making decisions on a game night to get a crowd and get people inciting uh, sort of hatred and getting on the back of the officials in a very inappropriate manner, anyone in that arena who's sitting there thinking I might get into officiating is going absolutely not I don't need this. Know. This is <laughs> yeah. this is two and a half hours of of uh, a weekend night. Actually, I'll be quite happy staying up in the stands and having a beer instead. I, I'm I'm not going out there to take that. Yep. Do you know what? It's so it's tough for them though, because like you make the call and it's against the other team, right? That's a boo. And if you skip, if you miss a er, no, if you so if you make the call, you'll get a boo. If you miss a call, which happened last night, then you get a boo. Don't get me wrong either. What I'm saying is that on any given game night, you can't please everyone. And that's an official's no. job. An official's job isn't to please everyone, it's to police the game. Yeah. And apply the rules as they apply to the game they're going to miss calls they're going to make calls that not everyone agrees with that's fine but and i'm not saying in any way at all i'm not excusing what was done after the game uh, at all because it was completely wrong uh, but what happened during the game was also wrong and neither man like you said has come out with this great looking great because the actions on game night were awful from one side the actions after the game from the other side were terrible the actions of the league afterwards 
still raise questions mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned as well. And I know, Marty, you'll probably talk about it just yeah. now to move I, things on. I'll just, mention, I'll just mention it quickly and then I'll give it over to Dave for last comment because I think he has something yeah. to say too. Uh, my last comment on it is just the fact that like, I feel that the, 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 the league addressed one side of the issue in terms of the abuse of the refs. And I will 100% agree with you guys and with John, kind of what you were saying and what everybody has kind of been saying on social media. There is no game without the referees. If the ref questionable referees are not how good they are at a job doesn't matter we, we we're not we can't you know we, we are not here to kind of decide who's good and who's not but we can't have a game without referees but the league should have done something to at least acknowledge the fact that one of their referees someone that they hire someone who represents their league also made derogatory comments towards a fan base and that wasn't addressed oh, yeah. and i think it should have been addressed and that's my personal opinion dave i'm going to pass tell to- you that they have Dave, I'm going to pass to you. You can have the last comment before you move on. Just a just a random one. So we were saying about how you know emotions run high during the game, and that's maybe why did it. Why did he have a ref jersey? He always has one. Supposedly, he just says he has one beside him. Yeah, I gu- I guarantee this isn't the first time he's done this. This is just the first time he's been caught doing it. Or it's the first time that one of the refs mm. took a, took offence to it. Could be. Yeah, uh, yeah and it's to me is like. I would have said, if you had just said something, you know, has anybody got a whistle? Do you need your Medina help over the tannoy or something? Oh, yeah. But it's the, you know, going and getting changed and getting your ref jersey on and then doing it. You know, that's like, you know, thinking about it. And, you know, how can I get a rise out of these people? You know, oh, wow. You know, it's, so it's just just one thing I just thought. It's like, why on earth did he have a ref jersey sitting there? <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, that's it. I'm going to leave it at that, guys, because uh, we could talk about this for hours, let's be honest. Um, so what we will do is we'll we'll leave it there. Um, hopefully that will be the end of it, but I, I imagine there'll be more rumbling on um, as the season comes towards an end, but we will see. Uh, guys, I'm going to move us on to the uh, end of our period one and move on to our penalty box segment for period one. Um, so I will just round up. Um, and we'll move on to penalty box segment. Okay, our penalty box segment is uh, just the part of the podcast where we talk about any notable uh, hits or notable bans or DOPS investigations that are of note. Um, these ones, actually, these are um, discipline, supplementary disciplinary uh, proceedings that took place under the NIHL. Um, and we want to thank, I want to thank uh, a couple, like, I suppose two different people for sending in our direction because on the same night when these were announced, uh, John, you'll agree, you've seen it as well. Uh, we both, we had both um, uh, two, two different, we, they came from two different sources. Um, this is um, from the weekend, of, again, the same weekend as the Coventry game that we were talking about, that February 13th, that Valentine's weekend. The NIHL uh, did, uh, well had a number of different supplementary disciplinary decisions that took place after those weekend's games. The disciplinary section committee uh, had to consider a number of different incidents from that weekend, um, and they are quite serious when we look at the decisions that were made. Uh, teams were obviously informed of the decisions that were made, and let's let's take a quick look at them. Um John, you can keep me right on this, um, but I'll just read through them. You can keep me right. But following the instance of the different of the above game between or the game between Nottingham Lions and the Blackburn Hawks in the NIHL North One on February thirteenth, twenty twenty two, the Blackburn Hawks uh, received three different, uh, well, three um, bat no, but well bans, uh, shall we say, or suspensions, well, as you will. Number one was 33, Reese Carney, um, fighting an unwilling opponent, um, will not be eligible to sign for the NIHL club until the 1st of July 2024, and the player is suspended until 30th of June 2022. Number 19, Callan Ruddock, 
uh, fighting an unwilling opponent. The player is suspended until the 30th of June 2022 and is not eligible to sign for an NIHL club until the 1st of July 2024. And lastly, in this one, and this is the one I was just like, wow, we had a Craig Lutkovich. Craig Lutkovich, I think that's how you say his surname. Hopefully it is. Um, five for fighting, five plus GM resisting an official. This is the, um, the well, uh, this is a penalty stand, uh, stand well, it was called on the night. Um, player suspended for two games. So that wasn't as much as, as the first two. But the biggest one was the coach, Coach Oliver Lemieux. Um, failure to control his bench has resulted in a suspension from all ice hockey involvement until the 30th of June, 2024. I uh, two years suspension for failing to control his bench. Now we have seen the videos. Uh, the videos were sent to us. It all took place in the third period of the game, if I remember correctly, John. Keep me yep. right over. Yep. Um, and do you want to take us through kind of what 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 transpired? I suppose. Oh, uh, without going into it, there's a there's a whole lot of mess uh, goes on between the the two teams. Um, let's also point out the fact that you've got one of the Nottingham Lions oh, yep, sorry, uh, players yep. as well uh, took a, a five uh, five for fighting five plus game misconduct for resistant official as well but had no suspension um, so there was there was no suspension it was the penalties on the night were, were called on that one um, this is a, a Blackburn Hawks problem uh, specifically now I've skipped through the video a couple of times and looked at bits and pieces that have gone on um, essentially the Hawks just lost complete control uh, the, the players on the ice the, the benches players lost complete control lost the run of themselves essentially also i mean it goes without saying that it looks like the eiha i don't want to say they've lost the run of themselves but i mean these you've got three multiple year suspensions two on players who are now ineligible to play hockey again uh, in the nihl for at least a year and a half um and a, a coach uh, oliver lomax who is not allowed to have anything to do with um, ice hockey in under, I assume, uh, British ice hockey, uh, under EIHA uh, involvement or under British ice hockey involvement at all. Now, the one thing that I would say on this is that he is, as the coach, as the bench coach, he is responsible for the conduct of his players at any given time. Same way that any coach in any league can be thrown out of the game, can have fines put on them. Um, you look. I only have to look at the Preds. Uh, the Preds coach um, a couple of weeks ago was fined um, twenty five thousand dollars for telling a ref that they did a terrible job after a game, <laughs> after a loss. Um, which is people pointed out was hilarious because the collective bargaining agreement for players means that their maximum fine is five and a half grand, but a coach can get a twenty five thousand dollar fine, uh, which was hilarious. But I digress again. Um, this one. I'm not going to say that I agree with these bans. These are statement pieces from the EIHA disciplinary team. Um, they have definitely got their message across. I would be surprised if we don't see at some point some kind of um, request for a hearing into these bans. I think the EIHA have made a very, very strong statement. Yes, um, when you look at the Reese Kearney Witter and uh, the Callum Ruddock, uh, the, the fighting... Uh, an unwilling opponent. These are guys that are pr either prone on the ice or are just want absolutely nothing to do with this, and they go ahead and they continue fighting, they continue attacking. That's it's not hockey. It's it's not even fighting in hockey. It's it, it has absolutely no place in the game. The resistant official one, uh, absolutely. Um, that's that's one that 
absolutely um, should uh, should carry. Um, we've looked at ones where players have resisted officials before. In fact, we're going to look at one in the second period as well, where uh, maybe the reaction hasn't been as strong as it should have been. Um, this one, absolutely. This is another one of these ones. Kind of not in any way what happened similar to the Coventry one, but the IHA are taking the this, this stance that this brought the game into disrepute and they will not stand for it. And you can only applaud the the conviction that they've gone at with these bands. So my, my question is, so this is my question, you know, we talk about, they said about how they brought the game into disrepute on sportsmanlike conduct and everything else and these were all given lengthy bans. Here's my question. They also looked at another game on the same weekend in the NIHL North 1 and that was the Billingham Stars versus the Whitley Warriors game in which Dean Holland for the Whitley Warriors was also assessed an unsportsmanlike conduct bringing the game into dispute. Now what's interesting is that Dean Holland is currently serving a suspension from the sport and the video footage that show the video footage that emerged showed that he was involved with um, an incident between periods where he was seen to be throwing a player from Billingham to the floor. Uh, getting involved, obviously, with uh, the game when he shouldn't be doing so. Uh, they have said that there's no excuse for a player who's suspended to become involved with any incident from the game. Therefore, he's been suspended for a further four games. So what is the difference between him getting involved, being suspended already, bringing the game into dispute, and getting uh, unwillingly getting involved or with an unwilling, potentially an unwilling combatant, but also getting involved with the game in an incident within that game and period when he's already suspended. Whereas why, you know, my question is why wasn't that looked at from a point of view of a lengthier suspension? Uh, again, I don't know. Maybe it wasn't as, ex- maybe it wasn't as extreme as the others, but I, I just, thought I've, I've seen between periods. Yeah. He was, he was, he was, yeah. In between period break. Yeah. So this, this was an off ice incident. And I think this is yeah. why, so that the players, this is after the, the whistle has gone between periods. And I, I've seen, and I sent the footage of this one to you mm, guys, I you think. Did, yeah, yeah. Um, the, and can I shout out to uh, the guys at 4000 and Carrington because they, they threw up a video that they'd been sent onto their social media um, and showed this. Um, and there is a back and forth going on. I agree with you, Marty, that this one should have been looked at more, but I'm surprised that there aren't more suspensions because there are players who are actively involved in the game who are involved in an altercation off the ice um that to me i imagine that with the eiha's penalty point system there should at least have been penalty points uh, awarded here um what they seem to have taken exception to is the fact that this player who's ser- serving a current suspension who was at rinkside in a tracksuit um then threw an opposing player through uh, a billingham stars player to the floor and actually when you say he threw him to the floor he threw him over the equipment um, bench uh, or the little tool trolley that I'm assuming their equipment manager had with them and bundled them over it. Mm. Um, it's a bit, it's a bit much. It wasn't okay. He, he's got no. Dean Holland has no way of excusing that he was trying to get in between players and stop an altercation. It's absolutely not what he did. He got stuck in like he was geared up for the game and like he was at centre ice with someone. Um, so I can totally stand by by that one. But yes, it hasn't been taken in the same way that the stuff between uh, the Nottingham Lions and the Blackburn Hawks have. Um, now, again, we're we're slightly out of our wheelhouse yeah, yeah. with this one. Let's be totally honest yeah. uh, when it comes to the EIHA and the disciplinary side of uh, the EIHA. What I would say is um, go and have a, a listen to uh, Banners on the Wall yep, because th- he he's involved with that league a hell of a lot more than we are. 
knows a hell of a lot more about it than we do and probably knows a hell of a lot more about hockey in general than we do um, and you will get a, we've a never much, claimed to know anything exactly um, but you'll probably get a much more balanced view of yep. these incidents from from him good point no that's a fair point guys i'm going to leave it there for um the penalty box segment um and if it's okay with you we'll get stuck into our period two of hockey hello and uh, welcome to period two of hockey this is where we'll not talk about evander kane because i can't be bothered um and we'll talk about actual high hockey stories well how do you have one story hold for on, me hold on has, has, is he still playing? Has he has he been banned yet? We covered this. Talk Let's this. just move on. Yeah, we talked about this last week. <laughs> <laughs> he scored a goal against the Wild. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, we'll talk about uh, international hockey from anywhere in the world other than the UK. Um, I think for this one, we'll probably go to the Olympics to start. Um, the elephant in the room. Um, so I'll... <laughs> I will send this over to Marty because he put the story in, but it is definitely a bit of an upset. Yeah, so I'm going to start off with the first one, which was the first um, gold medal game that was decided um, within ice hockey within um, the Olympics this year, and that was the women's game, the women's ice hockey um, game. Must have been a fantastic, I didn't watch this, but it must have been a fantastic game between Canada and America, surely? It was. No, it was a great game. Um, It was a tight game, very tight. It ended up with a 3-2 scoreline. It was, uh, I mean... Yeah, I mean Canada obviously took took the took the win. Um, making the women's team were obviously then, um, taking championship from this year. Um, or this this Olympic round, it was great. Like I, I watched, I watched it the next day. I didn't watch it during the night. I, do you know what? I think this has been the difficulty, and I think we talked about this was that I wasn't as invested with the Olympic game this year and the ice hockey this year and the Olympics. And I think my my main reason for it was timings and trying to find the games. It was hard this year. Um, I. Whenever, whenever I in the middle, whenever in the middle point, whenever I wasn't very well with COVID and stuff, and I just couldn't sleep during the night, I had the Olympics on in the background and stuff. But see, even trying to get, it was just you know trying to find like Olympic ice hockey, like it was barely hard. It was you, you couldn't BBC weren't really covering it even on their blue even unless, on their buttons and there's nothing there. Unless you dug, unless you dug through the iPlayer, yeah. it was really difficult to it find. It. So I think far, that's because Premier Premier Sports Premier weren't showing it. it was your, BT and Eurosport Eurosport had it yeah and you obviously have to have a subscription and stuff so it was really hard to watch parts of it this year which was really disappointing we're all clearly far too cheap to have those subscriptions I don't watch enough sport Um, uh, and and again as opposed to that so it was hard but I I did see the I did see the obviously the highlights that the BBC put up of the game the next day Um, they played played most of the game the next day but um, you know well fought game uh, and Canada took gold. Uh, women's Canada took gold. Uh, looking over at the men's section. Now again, this this must have been a fantastic final between the US and Canada, surely? No. <laughs> the final <laughs> came down, this year's final came down to uh, Finland versus the Olympic athletes of Russia. Um, now, we, uh, as we're recording this, um, we obviously know what is happening in the world. Um the Ukraine has currently came under attack um, by the Russian army. Um, the Russians have moved in over the last 24 hours and a full-scale invasion, shall we say, has started to take place. Um, we obviously hear, not that they're ever going to, no one's going to ever hear this, but we don't, obviously we don't condone anything that's going on there. We we're, we stand with Ukraine and, and everything that's happening in the world. Um, and it's just, it's unbelievable. But 
you know, obviously we we want to highlight the fact that obviously that final game between the Russia, the Russian, uh, well, the the so technically it wasn't Russia, Russia, so it's fine. Yeah, Russian Olympic Committee team or whatever they're called. ROC is not what they're named as; they're shortened down to. So, yeah, Finland beat ROC to win the first their first ever Olympic gold medal uh, in ice hockey. Uh, we talked about Finland is one of those teams, those Scandinavian teams. Dave, I remember um, chatting. I think maybe in one of the previous podcasts and one of the. Um, we have four year, about four years ago now, obviously with the last Olympic Games, we talk about those Scandinavian teams, Finland's, the the, the Swedens. We talk about um, all those different ones up around that area. I mean, this is Finland coming t- to the final and and winning their first ever Olympic gold against um, ROC was it was again um, yeah. was a surprise, shall we say? Um, a bit of controversy that did happen. Um, I don't know if anybody's seen this with the final was the um, with the ROC goalie um, who refused to wear the silver medal around his neck, and he was the only player on the ice not to be wearing his medal. Um, I think the rules normally in Olympic sport is that the well, obviously because of COVID, they can't be you know they can't be presented with them and put over their necks like they normally they are had to take them and put so them they had to take them and put them on themselves but the the thing the thing is uh, at the end of the game is each athlete within the olympics should be wearing the medal that they've won while the national anthem is being played of the winning you know the winning yeah. nation obviously this didn't happen and the uh the roc goalie did come under a bit of fire he did come out and say afterwards that he obviously he'd be wore he will wear his olympic medal with pride uh he was just really frustrated on the day because he was he doesn't like coming second um and that's why he wasn't wearing the medal but i don't think that's a good enough excuse but that's it so the olympics are over for another four years um hopefully um next the next time around hopefully things will have changed again so that you know, obviously, we we were leading towards a, an NHL players being involved this year, and obviously, it didn't happen with the different things that happened with COVID and everything else. And we obviously seen the different things that did happen in terms of the women's game. That one of the last games or one of the last episodes I was on with you guys, we were talking about the women's masks and stuff, and we were talking about how that was all a, a, a big drama as well. But uh, that's it for this year. Um, that's that's the Olympics finishing, and uh, Finland took the men's Olympic gold. Awesome. Um, yeah, uh, Finland's always been my team that should go the distance because when you look at their rosters through the years they're always stacked uh, always have fantastic netminders and really good uh, forwards and things um you know even this year they had a lot of former nhl players on the team so uh, congratulations to finland um i think it's well deserved by time they got the they got the gold um and then will we will move over oh, we see will i will i make uh, john talk about the stadium series or do, do you want to talk about it Marty? Um, I, I'm I'm happy with either. I'm happy to uh, talk about it if you want, but I know John will take over anyway. <laughs> you, you talk ahead, about the stadium series, and and then I'll take over because we all know what I want to talk about. Yeah, well, I just wanted to raise. I just wanted to talk about. Um, obviously, the this coming weekend we have the NHL Stadium Series taking place in Nashville. Um, and it's going to be a an all celebration of not just ice hockey, but also the celebration of music within Nashville itself. The rink. Um, if you haven't seen it, um, we'll try and find. I'll try and find the link for it but we had a Dave you sent through a um, a time lapse of the rink coming together now if you haven't seen it there was a um, there's a concept art that was a rendering that was put out by the NHL of what the Nissan Stadium was going to look like during this the NHL Stadium series and I tell you what that time lapse and what it looks like right now looks exactly like the actual rendering obviously minus the crowds that are there because but they, I'm sure they'll have it but it looks 
stunning. I mean, it looks phenomenal. You obviously have the ice rink center stage in the middle, but on either side of the rink, um, both left and right side, you can see a small uh, stage area that is going to be obviously performers and bands are going to be on performing throughout the time. And I love the little Nashville with the two microphone jacks, head jacks coming out the sides. I think the whole thing looks amazing. And uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be definitely a spectacle to see it this coming weekend um, when we do see that um, as part of the game. John, from a from a, from a a Nashville game point of view, in terms of, you know, what's your, what's your feelings coming up to this weekend? Love an outdoor game. Um, even if I'm not a massive fan of the Stadium Series jersey, uh, it looks like someone... I don't know what it is about special jerseys right now um, that are coming out. There are so yeah. few nice ones. The last one that I really liked was the um, Nashville Predators Winter Classic um, jersey, which was really nice. Alluded to the the music history of Nashville was really really nice. This one this time is just the um, the Smash Smashville or whatever it it, it just. I like the the whole Smashville thing that they do. It, it's part of their branding. It's part of their their presence, their media presence, and all the rest of it's great. It's a terrible jersey. It, mm. it it's horrendous. Um, but it, the stadium, the the Titans uh, home stadium, uh, Nissan Stadium, looks absolutely fantastic. And I feel like the the way that, that stadium set up the sort of the end zones are like only short little um, single single story seating areas kind of like the Aviva in Dublin mm. uh, where you've got one side is, is quite short uh, and then you've got the big three tier um, sections on either either side along the long side of the field it looks absolutely fantastic um, and like you say when you throw in fans into that arena that could be epic looking especially with the Nashville skyline in the background um, imagine fireworks going it'll be in, in darkness as well um, should be absolutely brilliant and hopefully um, the temperature plays ball um, yeah. and they don't end up with a, a melty ice situation and well from other outdoor games that we've seen hopefully the players won't be absolutely freezing to death and having to have soup um, in their water <laughs> bottles instead of uh, like bottles of Bovril uh, behind the bench just to keep them warm well realistically it's Tennessee there should be whiskey in and if you're having a bit of whiskey to warm up the cockles um, Dave before I pass it back to you warm, the, warm the, your what? <laughs> the last thing <laughs> The last thing I'll say, um, Dave, before, just before um, you move on, is just that obviously if you're a, a nice hockey fan and also a country music fan, then definitely this weekend mm-hmm. is for you because I think they've announced 12 different country music artists as well as part of this yeah. weekend, as, as part of a house band as well. So uh, yeah, definitely a celebration of all things uh, Nashville anyway. One thing that they... Any idea how we can watch it? Uh, yeah, well, if you're, if you're in the UK, it will be on Premier Sport. Uh, yeah, there's one thing national or national know how to do is uh, definitely throw a party. So it looks like even if uh, even if the results don't go their way, it looks like it's going to be one hell of a oh, night listen, for listen, all them. Listen, we've got plenty of reasons to party in Nashville this weekend. Uh, let me let me tell you, um, tonight is the start of the party, and it's just going to roll on right through to that game because tonight we play the Dallas Stars. That in itself is not particularly special. Uh, although I hope we we win tonight because it's a special night. Because number 35, the first jersey retirement in Nashville history, is going up to the rafters. And Not Pecorini. surprised, it's a banner, look, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we love everyone, though. Look, we own it at this point. We absolutely own it at this point. We love a banner, but we're putting a proper one up this time. So my question is, you're, you're obviously raising a jersey, but is there a banner going up with the jersey to say first absolutely. jersey going up? Is that a, oh, is there a banner? Be, there absolutely should be, yeah. We raised a jersey. First, yeah. first time Nashville ra- or retired a number, absolutely. 
Um, so yeah, number 35, going to hit the rafters tonight. Um, there's about an hour-long um, ceremony uh, before face-off tonight uh, for Pekka's number 35 to be lifted up into the roof of the Bridgestone Stadium. Um, uh, look, let's face it, he's the top goal-scorer netminder in franchise history. Um, scored a goal a few seasons, uh, the, I think it was his last season uh, before he left, and I think it's still... Only just because this week there was nearly another goalie goal. Um, I think I can't remember who it was. Was it the Rangers goalie? Very, very nearly scored a um, a goal, but I can't remember precisely. I might have got that wrong. But uh, yeah, the last uh, goalie goal we saw was Pecorini, and yeah, just for that, raise number thirty five. <laughs> I'll be sleeping. I'll be sleeping in my Preds jersey tonight because it is a Rene jersey. Um, brilliant looks like it's going to be a, a party then in, in Nashville um, okay cool we'll, we'll move on then to the last main story um, for this period I think this one is yours John yep uh, so this is the news that uh, Corey Nielsen I mean, remember that guy that we used to talk about a lot uh, when he was in Nottingham um, remember when he went to the DEL and uh, had a really really good job and then lost it uh, well, he's got another job in uh, the Dell 2. He'll be taking over the, the reins at EC Castle Huskies in the Dell 2. Um, they have split from their or current or former now um, head coach, Tim Kaler, um, and starting immediately, the 50-year-old... Can, can you imagine that he is 50 now? Corey Nielsen is 50 years old, um, and he's taken the reins um, with the, the Huskies now. Um I thought it was just worth uh, worth throwing out there. He's not forty five. Really? Oh no! Sorry, he is forty five. Sorry, the pre. Sorry, <laughs> they're all the old coaches. Sure, he looks fifty. He's had a tight run of it. He was a Panthers uh, coach for a yeah. long time. That'll that'll age anyone. Forty five and looks fifty. Um, but yeah, I think like a, a joke. Corey definitely deserved his first shot at the Dell um, when he was there. I think. Things just didn't work out, and I think the team at for them made the right call to part ways with him at that point. I think it was the right thing for him too, and all you can hope is that uh, the team get behind him and uh, he can kind of rally that team. I know absolute. I know less about the Dell two than I know about the uh, the uh, NIHL, so I'm not going to even try and pass comment on the team. But uh, guys, what's your thought on Corey getting another? I mean, let's face it; it's a top level coaching job. No, it's uh... said. <laughs> Corey definitely deserves it. He's a he's a phenomenal coach. Um, he has his he's a bit of a strange uh, sort of setup guy. When you see you know whenever you because obviously when he was in Nottingham for a big chunk of it he was still playing. Um, but yeah, I think am I right in saying he won uh, the Dell Two Coach of the Year a few years yeah. back? Uh, so yeah. like he's you can tell he's top 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 flight like and uh, wish him all the luck. Okay, if we have. Nothing else. We'll do the penalty box. Am I right? Well, um, we're going to talk about this. Is it worth talking about? Well, no. I was going to say, Dave. Let's just move. Let's just move it into the period rather than a period bo- a penalty box segment because, because it, it didn't end up. It didn't end up being a penalty box. Right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is a story. This is a story. Um, Aaron, I think you 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 sent the story in the group during the week. Um, I think was it. Pretty sure it was you. The sentence. Uh, yeah, I think it was. I think I it was. Yeah. Someone. This is the story that Nathan McKinnon. Yeah. Uh, Nathan McKinnon uh, was was potential, shall we say, uh, at one point this week was going to be facing an automatic twenty game suspension. Um, McKinnon um, during the game, the Bruins versus Avalanche game, appeared that um, the Avalanche forward 
intentionally slashed a linesman after a face-off, um, which obviously is against NHL rule, uh, rules, um, and it's an automatic 20-game suspension. However, um, subsequent, I suppose, um, a, subsequent, a, a statement came out from the NHL hockey operations just shortly after the incident uh, between the game, and which they stated that the safety of on-ice officials is and always has been of paramount importance to everyone. In this regard, we have always exercised a zero-tolerance policy when it comes to any form of abuse of our officials. Last night, one of our officials was struck by a player with his stick immediately after a face-off. We immediately investigated the incident and having conferred with the on-ice officiating crew and NHL Officials Association, it has been determined that the player's intention was not to strike the official, but rather to initiate contact with the opposing player. Given this conclusion, it has been determined that no further discipline is necessary. This decision should in a way be seen as diminu- diminishing of a steadfast conviction of protection of our officials. Um, again, again, I suppose it, it is I suppose a, a good argument, guys, um, and that's why we obviously we're not putting in the penalty box because there was no penalty from this. Um, it's another it's another period where we're looking at referees getting, um, I suppose, a hard time. Um, I mean. <sighs> Is it what it says it is? Do you think it's it is what it says it is? Did it look like he was going for the thoughts. ref? Does it? Uh, uh, well, then John Great. Because John, do you yeah. have thoughts? Let's I just have something to say, John. <laughs> I have something to go say for, on this. Go in for your opinion. Nathan McKinnon no. is a money spinner for this league, and striking an official in that form is a lengthy ban. Like he could be sitting out the rest of the season if the Avs don't make the, the postseason. What I will say is this is double standards from the league because previously a couple of years ago uh, former senator Anton Vermette was given 10 games for something so similar what the NHL are trying to say and the camera angles of the McKinnon incident they are saying that he was putting his stick down to the ice in the manner in which he did because he expected the puck to come and he was trying to play the, the puck or play the player there's no player around him. The puck is going the other direction. He clearly is that what they're saying. Slashes. I thought they were. Tr- I thought he was no, trying so to slash. Sorry, somewhere the, insin- the insinuation is the insinuation is that he is trying to make contact with another player uh, through it, what yes. they they've said. It's nonsense. There is no one but the linesman around him. It is utter utter nonsense. I don't the know, video John. the video of the Anton Vermette one is exactly the same, and for some reason he got ten games. It's it's a nonsense. It's an absolute nonsense. And if it I, happens, I to actually any, don't agree. No, all all of the all of the chat is, and the stuff that I do agree with. If Nazim Kadri or Brad Marchand do that, they're sitting out the rest of the season. Easy. Aaron, 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 what's your thoughts? So I seen the previous one that you're talking about with the ten game ban, and that was clearly a hit um, to the ref. I think there is an argument here that he, uh, McKinnon, is trying to hit. I can't even see the uh, the the Bruins player. I think there is a he's tr- it's a, it's a far enough stretch that he's trying to whack the back of his leg. I just don't You're saying that there's no one there about. It's there's there is a Bruins player. There's, 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 there's a Bruins player. There's a player at twelve o'clock. Okay, from him. He is sla- and they are probably just outside a stick distance. He's slashing at ten o'clock. He's, he's not even attempting to go towards the player. He's not even looking at the other player. 
He's looking at the linesman. Yeah, I would agree with you. It does look like it does look. I I agree with you in some ways, John. It does look when you watch it and when you do watch it and you watch the replay, you know, as the Bruins player skates off, it does look like he is looking toward right at the linesman who just dropped the puck. It does look that way. He's looking at the linesman. He has the stick in two hands. It's a two-handed slash at the linesman. He's completely got away with it, it and the it, league have got a double standard for their superstars. It looks like it does look that it does at one moment it does look like McKinnon puts his hand up to basically say, Are you not looking what you're did you not see what just happened there? It does look like he's going, Hey, what's going on? And then he gets a bit frustrated and looks like he goes through it does I agree with you, it did look like that. That's why I think it looked like it was a, a definite slashing call of an official. But obviously yeah. they, they, they look at it a different way. I would disagree with you, Lou John, in that I think that, that second video that showed um, you know, that incident with the ten game ban, I think it I don't think it looks as sinister. Mister, I, I I don't know. I don't I, I don't think it. It's uh, it's hard to tell. I think I definitely think there's. It's questionable. I I kind of see where you're coming from. It's questionable, but I definitely see that what you're saying about that. It looks like he is definitely going for the the, the linesman in that one, and that's my opinion too. It does look like it. There's another way to look at it, um, which is one thing that it's one of the first comments on the the Twitter post, and it's. Uh, Oh, I was going to crash my car into this guy, but I crashed into you. <laughs> He's still there. Exactly. You know, and this this is connected to all of that. Why isn't there even a hearing? Why doesn't mm-hmm. McKinnon have a hearing about this? Why don't the NHL ask him, what were you doing there? There doesn't seem to be any of that. The NHL, the next morning, have just made a decision. Oh, McKinnon's clearly not trying to hurt our official yeah, but I think to- pers- totally personally, uh, the, if because there's not the intent, I do think something should have served. I don't think the automatic twenty is excessive for you know what. But that's, that's the thing. But, they, they have they have yeah. the power. He can set the automatic twenty, but obviously with the, the the previous one that we've seen as well with Vermette, they brought that down to ten. They've and they can bring it down further again. Right, you know, they've got every right to do that. It just he shouldn't be getting away with that, especially mm-hmm. not now where we're seeing and we're going to talk about it. We're seeing so many in so many different leagues. We've talked about abusive officials already. We've talked about a message that went out from the British leagues about not abusing officials at any portion of the game. Then you've got someone with the paycheck of Nathan McKinnon who seems to be able to get away with whatever he wants to do, including what I class as a physical assault on a linesman. Yeah. I can say it's always going to be it. The, the, sorry, I see what you mean about his, the way he's looking. I was looking at the stick. And I, I was like, uh, maybe he's just trying to hit the back of the legs. But I kind of see what you're saying about the, the where he's looking. It's dirty and disgusting. And you know what? If he ever does it again throughout the rest of his career, the NHL have a question to answer. Disgusting. Disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, with that, I think that is us done for period two, if I'm right in saying. Yep. I'm awesome. Move. We'll move on to period oh, three. Welcome to period three. This is our general knocking Knocky news. news. Listen to that chorus. Uh, <laughs> knocking news is where we talk about anything and everything else in the world of hockey that we don't think fits neatly into periods one or period two. Um, guys, I'm going to go straight into it. But we've just come off the discussion uh, about Nathan McKinnon uh, and abusive officials. Uh, we've talked about it in the previous two um, periods. We're going to talk about it in this period as well. Marty, you you found a piece, uh, and we, we've discussed this one as well in our group chat uh, as well. This is a, a junior player who clearly 
knew what he was doing. Yeah, I mean, this story is doing the rounds. I mean, I, I, I was, uh, you know, when I was looking at this, this story came up first off, I seen on Twitter. Uh, but then when I was looking at more information on it, I mean, it's hitting all of the, the media channels. It's hitting all of the news channels and news outlets. Um, I, I mean, I was looking everywhere. I think it was, you know, UK news outlets as well were picking up on this one. Um, this is a another referee, another in, incident with a referee um, in which a player um, has basically got involved and it's got heated. Um, obviously, again, it's another assault of an official. This time, it is an official assault on an official. Uh, official assault on a fit, yeah. Um, on Sunday, Paul Hanner, Halloran um, of the ESPHL's South Shore Kings struck a referee after the player wasn't happy about a penalty call in the first period of the game against the, Wil- against the Wils- Wilkes-Barre Scranton Knights. Uh, Scranton, for anybody. Scranton. Scranton. Amazing. Exactly. Um, if you're not an office fan, then that is completely went over your head. Uh, in the footage of the incident, Halloran can be seen shoving the ref after the two collided in front of the King's bench. The ref immediately blew his whistle and immediately pointed to the penalty box. As he's been escorted to the penalty box by the linesman, Halloran then punched the referee, a sucker punch to the face, knocking him down to the ground. The referee did get up quite quickly, uh, did seem uninjured, uh, but the commissioner for the USPHL uh, has issued a statement shortly after the incident condemning the player's actions and has issued a twenty the 20 year old Halloran a lifetime ban from ice hockey uh, he stated in his statement that the action taken today by a USPHL player is completely unacceptable in this league the USPHL has zero tolerance for any player striking an official at any time the player in question's actions have led to a lifetime ban Halloran's actions could also have consequences beyond the rink as the situation is being investigated by the local authorities um, again this is um, another it's interesting um, because it's going to come back to something that uh, John you had mentioned earlier um, uh, in period one actually and this is something actually that this this piece also talks about and actually is is very much saying exactly what you're kind of saying you're, they're looking at the moment a, a, a bit of a they're having a bit of a difficulty at the moment in the u.s um around youth hockey um especially around a ref shortage in the in the u.s around um uh, around sports and around hockey in the uk in the united states in that they're finding that a lot of younger trying to Tyson, younger people, younger men and women to become referees is proven really difficult and they can't replace older refs because people aren't wanting to endure the endless abuse that they're currently getting. I mean, we have seen... We've, we've, we talked about it and we talked about stories on our podcast in previous episodes, you know, going right back for years now. We've seen stories of parents giving abuse to referees in these, in these underage games. We've seen, you know, coaches shouting abuse at the referees. I mean it's 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 becoming a it is becoming a bit of a a major issue and a major concern and you 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 did say it earlier on and you got it right i mean is there going to be a concern at the moment where we're going to see a ref shortage across the different major sports because of listen it's it's, yeah you you say it there you say across the major sports it's not just a hockey problem it's it's a youth development line sporting problem um, I think there's always been an element of abuse, but we've we've seen so many times, especially in in North America and in some of the European leagues, parents even getting like physical with officials and like trying to call them out to car parks afterwards and and all the rest of it. Um, and now you're getting to the point that even youth players, you have to question the coaching and so the route that some of these players are taken through. And, and the, the personalities that are bringing them up through, that they don't have a greater respect for officials. Um, like, I I make no bones about it. Like, I, I've played rugby when I was at school. One of the first things that you're taught when you're playing rugby is <laughs> that referee, when you step on the field, that word is law. And you are taught it's 
yes sir, no sir. Like, if you're on there, it is politeness gets you a long way with a referee. This is the opposite end. This is where players are are not being taught the same values to of there's no respect. If they can't respect the officials, they're not going to respect their teammates or the opposition players or anyone else away from the rink either. There's a it's endemic with youth sports and it needs to be fixed. I mean, Dave, Aaron, you guys have kids um, who could at some point end up in in youth sporting, like. Dave, like, as a parent, like, you've got the the oldest kid out of all of us. Like, what would you, what position would you be in, on the ice and taking a swing at the ref yourself? <laughs> no, no, because they would probably knock me on my arse. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, um, like, Sander started now to uh, do after school sports and stuff. So he does football and he did tennis, um, and he does treat the the coaches basically like he would his teacher um you know that they're you know they're the charge and uh, obviously we know Xander has um, additional needs um but he does see them as just an authority figure uh, and I just try to reinforce that and I think that the, the that's especially in youth um the ref is an extension of your coach um because you're you, when you're playing if you make a, a bad call and you end up getting called for a penalty that's something your coach will work on with you. With you, that'll be something they'll try and take away from your game and improve on. Um, you, no one improves without making mistakes. Like if you get on the ice and never get called for a penalty, there's probably something wrong with you. Yeah, you're going to be the next, uh, you know, uh, great one or something daft. You know, because they have you have to be the only way players learn is by making those mistakes. And you know, if you're playing and competing it happens you know no one's squeaky clean when it comes to that um and as i said it's the only way to the way to learn and you have to build relationships with these refs because they're going to be about um they're not going to be um you know you're not going to just see them once you're going to probably see them quite a lot through your career and uh, may that be as you go up through um the junior system or um if it's in the the minors you know there's not an awful lot of referees to make make bad reputations with them you know um so yeah be kind to your referee tip them well Yep, absolutely. <laughs> I think you're right, though, John. That there, there needs to be more Smart. visibility on for coaches, uh, for stress and things like that. Is there is there more to it than that? Is there more to it like the, these kids growing up and punching someone like that? That's that's not that's not normal. I don't think. <laughs> you know, we're in a time there. There are signs of mental health issue. You know, I'm not saying these look, we're we're in a time we're in a time where physicality is going out of hockey, and yeah. the the storied tradition of physicality is going out of hockey. This is not the kind of physicality that we want to see replacing it. No, this is a this is a young no. man. This is just a young man who couldn't control his temper, unfortunately. But yeah. is there is there something on the on the like this kid kid's got a lifetime ban there? Is there something that should have been said that the, it should have been put back onto the coaches to? Like, well, I think my, my my one thing would be is that if this kid was 15, 16, I would say yes, potentially. He's twenty years old. He's he's a grown man. Oh, okay. Like, okay. I know I know that the the rules are slightly different in America. That you're not really seen as being like a full adult until twenty one in certain states and all the rest of it. Um, but I mean, whatever. Twenty years old—that's too old to be be making that excuse. Uh, I think. Yeah. Um, no. By twenty, you need to know better about who you can and can't punch in the face. The answer is nobody. 
No. Exactly. Yeah, there right. it is. Sorry, you're up there. You're up, you're up there. I pointed the wrong way to start with. Anyway, we're going to leave you can that tell one there, Dave's guys. Ha- Dave's had this conversation before. Absolutely. <laughs> you don't have to punch anyone. We're going to leave that one there, guys. We're going to round off period three um, a little bit different, and we're going to go back to the creature of utter nightmares uh, that is gritty uh, but I, I do gather Aaron that this is uh this is actually a, a, a quite a nice story yeah yeah so um well uh, yes nice 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 uh, and not so nice night night and so, not so nice so as well as ice hockey uh we're all massive big comic book fans um and just uh, in december or november time um legendary comic art- artist George Perez, uh, unfortunately, made the announcement that he has stage three pancreatic cancer. Now, if you're not if you're not aware, George Perez is, as I say, a legend in the comic book world. Um, one that most people will be um, will be aware of is the Marvel and the Infinity Gauntlet with Thanos, and you've seen all the movies. Um, and one of the great stories. Uh, that came out this week, or one of the great things that the Philadelphia Flyers did pay their respects um, and homage to George Perez by creating this really cool comic book um, inspired uh, cover for Gritty and giving him the Infinity Gauntlet. I don't know if any of you have seen it. Have yeah. you? Yeah, uh, this is part of this is part of the um, the Philadelphia Flyers hold a like a a comic book game every year. Or so, so it's Marvel, Marvel Night. Marvel Night. They're Night. hosting Marvel Night. And this is the, this is, the, is this the free poster? Is that what I read? It's the yep. free poster. So this is the the free poster that everyone in the the rink will get that night. Oh, that's phenomenal! I want that poster. And this is what I remember earlier when I was like, oh, "We're we're not doing so well, but things might change if Gritty gets in." <laughs> I'm telling you, we we are going to be number one. <laughs> I wouldn't like to think what Grady would think of when he's clicking those things. I would. I wonder what he would. What would his? What would he want? Oh, that's a good question. What would Grady? No, what would, not, world of Gr- What would the world by Grady be look like? <laughs> I, 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 even I don't want to think about that. <laughs> but I yeah. get get on there and take a look at it. It's a really good. Um, um, no, it's it's a brilliant by. reimagining of uh, of the poster, and uh, we'll throw the link up uh, on our website. You can go and have a look at it, and uh, obviously our thoughts are with George Perez as well, uh, battling Absolutely. battling cancer as well. And we wish him all the best with that, guys. With that, that rounds off period three, and we move on to the star segment. Uh, star segment then is where we each. Sometimes, uh, sometimes you do, sometimes we don't this season. Um, we highlight uh, a particular player or team or, or something in particular that we, that we think is especially worthy of special recognition. Um, admittedly, the last couple of podcasts, uh, we've either not done it or we just did a direct award last time. Uh, like any good government contract, you just give it to your friends and we, we kept it here in Belfast uh, <laughs> with JJ Pickenich. Um Guys, this time around, uh, I can see that there are two nominations uh, this time around. One from uh, myself and one from Aaron. Um, I'll go with mine first. um, And uh, Dave, Marty, I'll give you guys thinking time whether or not you do want to put something forward or not. uh, But I'll come to you in a second. 
I'm going to go with mine first. It's going to be absolutely no surprise to anyone because I've already spoken about him this podcast. And it's probably going to be my last opportunity to put him in as the, the star nominee. And it's going to be Pekka Rooney. Uh, former uh, Nashville Predators netminder, number 35, getting his number raised to the, the rafters tonight. Um, and there's no better time to, to put him forward um, for my star nomination. And that's who I am going with. Aaron, I'm going to come to you for years. Are you, you kept are, you telling, are you telling us really that you're you're going for Pedrini because you know he's obviously he's done just about okay with his career and just to finish off his career, you wanted to highlight it by giving him a door fourteen star. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's the one thing. It's the one thing in hockey he hasn't won. Well, that that and an Olympic gold medal, but he never got the chance. You know, you never know. You never know. Uh, mine's a bit more local, um, and uh, I think. Based on yesterday's results, uh, I, I could you couldn't look past it to be honest with you, um, and that is our good old Jackson Whistle. Um, after last night's performance and how how he he how he performed was just amazing. I thought, um, yeah, okay, there was one or two one that went one that went through, mm-hmm. um, yeah. But I, you know, there was a few little mistakes, and I think in our our own defensive line um, and. For the most part, and that it wasn't just a one-time thing. I think there was a few times our defensive line kind of skipped a beat, um, and Whistle was right there to, to to patch it up. No, no problem. Um, yeah, so, you're you're 100 right. Yeah, the the yeah. outlet passes in our zone were were pretty dire sometimes by our defense, and uh, Jackson absolutely pulled them out of a hole to take that two-one result uh, in the end. So absolutely, and I know that. Uh, Dave will back me up on this from our Scottish weekend uh, after Besco had his uh, his rock and roll moment uh, decided to go over himself as soon as he stepped in uh, taking the well if you like I don't think he took the shot out officially um, in Dundee on the second night I think officially it goes to Besco uh, because he was he was named as the starting netminder uh, and it was a, a forced change um, but then the shootout win in Fife, he was outstanding and stood on his head on the, the shootout. Um, so, yeah, I, I can totally go for Jackson Whistle as well. Yeah, um, J- Jax was fantastic on those games. And uh, the when he came on, there was this sort of this weird sensation in Dundee where they were like, you, the backup's coming on. And then there was a sudden realisation that there was uh, <laughs> oh, no! Jack- Jackson and not Dicko. They were like, oh, look. Because um, even the the Dundee play style changed up a bit, um, and they were yep. taking more shots and stuff, and all that led to was them opening up at the back. You know, it was uh, it was a bit crazy, but Absolutely. yeah, totally brilliant, yep. brilliant that minor. Definitely, uh, Dave, I'll stick with you. Have you got a nomination, or are you skipping this week? No, I don't have anything. There's a load of things I could put down, um, but there's not not one thing that I'd want to call out um, at this stage. Um, there was loads of great stuff that happened when we were in Scotland. There was. Uh, loads of stuff when we got back and over the last few games there's been so many brilliant individual performances especially in the Giants that it's difficult to pick out one and I don't want to be that chancy guy just to stick down the Giants you know because that's how you win uh. <laughs> yeah well I thought I thought if you were going to pull one from the, the away trip and I was going to tell you weren't allowed to is the, the DJ in uh, Dundee because of how much crack we were having <laughs> he, but, he was but built no, there like, he, he was good crack I was we're not going to forward I was gutted he wasn't there the second night I think by the end of the game, he was the drunkest man in the arena. But anyway, that's either here or there. At least he um, didn't dress, dress up as a ref. 
<laughs> um, Marty, I'm going to come to you. There's nothing sitting there just now. Are, are you taking the week off? Yeah, I'm going. I'm kind of the same as Dave. Um, I think there's a lot of notable mentions that could um that can go that could be put out there. Um, especially from a Giants point of view, just from the last past weekend and and also the the game. You know, obviously, you know, I could call I could call out the fact that we've had uh, a phenomenal run of form from. Uh, Picking each again. We've had Cooper. We've had Conway. We've you know there's Goodwin. Sorry, Goody. you know Goody's yeah. been phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, so many names we could call out, but I think um, it'd be silly to put any of those names down against um, our our in suggestion of Jackson Whistle because I think if anything, Jackson has um, stepped up into quite a good. You know, he's he's performed amazingly this last couple of games that he's been on for, um, and that can't be denied. So I think you'd be foolish to go up against Jackson Whistle. Okay, fair play. Then that's us. We have two nominations this time around. The nominations are from me, Pekka Rene, and from Aaron Jackson Whistle. It's the Battle of the Netminders. Um, Marty, there's no overtime. Nope, no overtime segment this week. Um, nothing else to add in. Um, all the news stories and everything we wanted to cover, we've covered in periods one, two, and three. And I don't think we've had anything in this week from our Twitter. Nope, nothing. So, Mark, what are you playing at? What? What? <laughs> what? Um, that's fine. That's okay. That just leaves one section left, um, and that is obviously it's back. It's back. It's uh, hopefully, back. Uh, but that leaves us with one section left of this period uh, of this podcast, and that is our ABCs of hockey. Oh, John's asleep there. Oh, jeez, sorry. Caught me nothing there. That, that music's just so relaxing. Yeah, so uh, ABCs of Hockey has been uh, a miss for the last couple of podcasts, but then this episode really needed to have the letter R in here, so it did. Um, can I, and that's where we are. <laughs> can anyone guess what the letter R stands for? Based on this, Based on uh, the, yeah, I think it's an easy one. particular record. <laughs> It's it's kind of on point actually. <laughs> it's it's got to be Rini. <laughs> yeah, it's Rini. Exactly. <laughs> it's exactly him. No. Anywhere else? Referees. 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 Indeed. Indeed. Uh, refer away, referee. Referee. Uh, the, the people that we love, uh, the, the love we love so much. Now, you know what? One time that I did talk to you about, I was like, I don't really know how to cover this particular. There's so many different things you could say about refs, but I decided that I'm going to change it up and give you guys a challenge, okay? I'm going to describe three referee signals, and you have to tell me what they are. You're going to describe or you're going to do them? No, I'm going to describe. Uh, you have to do them. You have because to do this the is a podcast. This is a podcast. <laughs> you have to do them. You have to do the, the Wes Macaulay um, impression of them as well, not just the... <laughs> Fighting! <laughs> These are all good at this amazing podcast first approach. <laughs> so, if you get, whoever gets it right first will get a point. So we'll either be all, all equal and all spare, squared with a one point each, or someone will be a winner. And the winner will get a thumbs up. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I'm, in, I'm invested here. I'm invested. I'm, I'm leaning forward. I'm invested now. Come on. Right. So we're going to have three of them. The first one is striking the clenched fist of one hand into the open palm of the opposite hand in front of the chest. Boarding. 
Sporting. Oh, Dave. Dave. Dave got there. <laughs> One point, Dave. One point, Dave. I, love, I got these descriptions online. They're amazing. <laughs> a forward and backward motion of the arms with both fists clenched. Rock the boat. Cross checking. Cross checking. What did you say, John? Rock the boat. <laughs> Uh, I'm not wrong. He's not, you know what? I really want to give John a point because he's not wrong. But yeah, I think Dave's going to be the runaway winner here. I think that so. Away referee. Away. <laughs> let's let's give you an easy. Right, Marty. It's it's all to play for here. We're we're playing for last place here. <laughs> you're playing for last place. It's almost like you're the Flyers versus uh, versus uh, another rubbish team. <laughs> another, another version of the Flyers. Another uh, Flyers. Uh, the Flyers UK versus the, no, no, not even. <laughs> <laughs> a single pointed, a single point directed at the goal in goal. which the puck. Oh, there we yeah. go. <laughs> puck allegedly entered. <laughs> oh, Sorry, too quick. Guys. Too quick. I came Sorry, last. Marty, you're That's officially right. a flyer. That's all right. Oh, God. <laughs> um, oh. There is loads of there, actually. <laughs> loads, of, loads of referees. Um, we could, that's, that might actually replace the ABCs of hockey. <laughs> you know, let, let, let's learn about the referee symbols or signs. I got to give it. Got to give it to you, Aaron. That's probably my favorite ABCs of hockey ever. <laughs> um i i always think i always think it's worth um before we move on just last last bit on that is like i always think it's worth if you for for fans like starting out that whenever we first started with the giant when i first oh, started with the giants the giants used to hand out a little they used to hand out like a little like a, a flyer or and it used to also then be in the programs as well where they had like a, a little cartoon version of finn McCool doing the different hand signals and doing the different yeah. teach people the different rule the different uh, calls that were going to be done by the by the refs. I thought it was brilliant. Um, so you never get a chance. They, don't they know? Don't they know when the penalties are called? Don't they have Finn on the screen now? And he he does this. He'll do like the snap. No, no, it's just, just, just the name now. Just the name of it. Really? There was time they did that. Yep. Was brilliant. Yeah, there was time where they did that, but uh, no, no, it's just the name comes up whenever after whenever there's a penalty called. The name I can't remember what it is, but um, yeah, it'd be good to go back to that because it always it's always good to learn. Um, you know, they used of, to have things like a wee diagram of the rink and all, and do the offside and everything, yeah, and yeah. what the icing was and stuff. Yeah, there's then there has to be still quite a lot of new people coming to games every every week, like so. So be worth it. And listen, what? if you if you want to look at, I know we joked a minute ago, but if you ever want to look at the best referee who has ever set foot on the ice, as far as ice hockey is concerned go on to YouTube right after you finish watching our, our episode here. There's only a couple of minutes left. Just stick with us. And putting that search bar up there, Wes McCauley, he is fantastic. Yeah, and you'll great. have a great couple of minutes watching Wes on the ice. Yep. Um, guys, with that, that takes us to the end of this week's episode. Um, it's been great being back and just getting caught up with you um, and having a bit of fun as usual. Um, we do have some ice hockey this weekend, um, so I will see some of you maybe at the rink this weekend. Maybe, potentially. John, you, Dave, maybe you. Arm, maybe not. I don't know. Um, otherwise, um, we'll but we'll sign off for this week. Um, we, as usual, you can check out our social media uh, on all of our social media channels: uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook for. Uh, 
just for one specific person. It's just for Campbell. Yeah, just for Campbell. At Door 14, <laughs> at door 14 Hockey. Hi, Campbell. Uh, you can check out our previous episodes and the content that we talk about on the episodes, as well as the links for all of the news stories on our website at door14hockey.com. Uh, you can listen to us on all uh, smart speakers and podcast providers out there. Just ask your smart speaker to play Door 14 Hockey podcast. Uh, and also on YouTube, if you haven't, you can watch our smiley faces on YouTube. Sometimes we are eating in our videos. Sometimes we are... Uh, yeah, sometimes we're just sitting in front of the Doing referee symbols. we're doing referee symbols. So go check it out. Um, and it's another way to listen to our show as well as watch it. Uh, with that, we'll sign off for this week. Uh, I'm Marty. I'm Dave. I'm John. I'm Aaron. Have a great week. <laughs>